Now everyone, just a quick note from me before we get into the episode. I've started a series of online events all about how to market and produce webinars successfully. If this is a topic that would interest you, I would welcome you to come along completely free of charge. If you visit pickingupperfection.com slash webinars for all the details, and I'll put that link in the show notes too. Hope to see you there and let's get on with the show. Hi there and welcome to another episode. The following recording was conducted as a live event. To join and participate live next time, head over to my LinkedIn page, where episodes are streamed and conducted live up to three days prior to being released on other platforms. There's also some exclusive recordings and events that only happen on LinkedIn too. I'll go ahead and put my LinkedIn profile in the show notes and you can go ahead and connect with me and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. and welcome to today's session. We encourage your participation through the reaction buttons and please do post any questions in the comments section. We will get to as many as we can. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are joining us live on LinkedIn, we would welcome you to drop a note in the comments box as to where you are joining us from today. We'd love to see how international and far spread our audience is. And while you get to that, I would love to introduce who's joining me today in the studio. So I'm very pleased to be joined by Nini Fritz. And Nini's mission is to humanize this digital world that we've been flung into by connecting everyday people and remote teams. Now, she works with the Work Happiness Project on the remote team building aspect. And she's also even got a digital detox game, which is called I Connect Stronger Than Wi-Fi. So I'm really excited to dive into this discussion. Nini, tell us about who you are and what you do and what your mission is all about. What a lovely introduction. Thank you, Alistair. So (laughs) not much more to add. Um, Nini Fritz, a proud founder, and I always say like a mommy of two business babies. So overall, I connect people for a living. Online, I do that with the Work Happiness Project as um, remote team building, where I basically help remote employees to work from anywhere and still feeling connected to everyone in their team. And offline, I created um, an icebreaker digital detox game that is called I Connect Stronger Than Wi-Fi. And it's pretty much meant to connect people of uh, closest proximity and help them to get off their phone and spark some meaningful conversations and yeah, deeper relationships in our lives by skipping the small talk and connecting stronger than Wi-Fi. That's my mission. <laughs> I love that. Such an important mission. And I, I, I want to commend you as well, because I think that you, you were a bit ahead of the curve on this. I think that this yeah. is coming into the big spotlight right now. Everyone's kind of realizing to take time off of social media, but I think you were a bit ahead of the curve. Was there something in you that made you realize was it your own experience of spending too much online or with tech or did you notice it in others what kind of sparked your want to help people to detox from it 
someone is very well informed on my journey so far. <laughs> but indeed, it started uh, actually quite early before I picked up that this was uh, such a trend. So um, it was four years ago that I wrote my master thesis in communication science on the topic fubbing, which is phone snubbing. Um, it's pretty much um, basically like ignoring or neglecting the presence of the offline person in front of you because you're engaging with your smartphone. And the effects of um, the basically how that affects our intimacy level, trust level, opening up um, when we neglect these nonverbal cues such as neglecting eye contact and basically giving the person in front of us the impression that whatever is going on on the phone is more important than they're, what they're trying to tell us. And uh, in a way, like I've noticed it, uh, that my family and friends were doing it. Um, and honestly, I'm not a saint. I was probably like doing it as well, but I kind of had this awareness that I was like, well, something is off. Like we're sitting next to each other, but everyone is talking to their phones and not to each other. And then we leave and we text each other while we're in the presence of someone else. And I'm like, why are we not just present with the people we are with <laughs> and then you know text the other ones later and when we're with them we're being present with them so yeah and then I could not oversee it anymore I feel like once you've got the awareness for it you just see it all around it's like they were popping up like mushrooms people hanging on their phones when they were supposed to talk to to their friends to their partner in a restaurant um and at one point uh, I was just thinking to myself, like, I need to stop the FUP, I need to start like a counter movement, I need to help human interaction uh, from dying out, and it's at a serious risk of dying out. So um, yeah, I just wanted to do something about it and started with my master thesis. And funnily, <laughs> when I handed in my master thesis and went backpacking in Nicaragua, my phone got stolen. <laughs> so I was three years on my backpacker journey and my phone was gone. Um, so then I had to take my to practice and do my whole trip offline. And honestly, it was fantastic. I was just depending on people again, instead of technology. Um, I met the most amazing people, went on great adventures. And then I came back and wanted to, to share my message with others and just raise some awareness that Life is actually pretty good when you look up from your phone. Um, and then at one point I was just thinking, well, it's actually my nature to focus more on the positive instead of just talking about the problem without having a solution. So then I just thought like, well, I might as well uh, connect the dots and just invent something that makes people more interesting than social media. And that's how I came up with uh, my game idea and overall just connecting people and yeah, helping human interaction uh, from not dying out, I would say. <laughs> mm, no, that's wonderful. I love that. Well, first of all, I think what you talk about people, you know, being on their phones whilst they're in person with other people, it's so beyond ironic, isn't it? That social media really plays into our fear of, of missing out and our fear of um, something else more fun going on. And actually yeah. what that happens is it takes us away from the present and enjoying the actual moment. So it's like depriving us of both situations anyway. So why not just switch it off and enjoy the present moment? And you also very clearly practice what you preach in the sense of 
what you were saying, and I definitely have experience of this, when when you do find a, a problem or an area that society can improve on, people don't respond by people saying, you need to stop this, this is bad. It's kind of comes across preachy, whereas flipping the narrative and having a positive, as you said, of having a solution to offer out, I think that's a much better way of communication is probably better received by people. Yes, yeah, and that's also overall like my approach towards life, you know, focus on the bright side instead of just complaining. Um, so yeah, it felt very rewarding to just uh, focus on, on the positive and uh, have something that actually brings the solution and just makes people forget about their phone. So it's not like, you know, like complaining or um, yeah, being negative about what's going wrong, but just acknowledging what's being at risk and then just trying to find a way to to make it better and find a solution in like a, a fun and entertaining way. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm huge on, you know, intrinsic motivation and like positive uh, encouragement uh, from outside instead of um, increasing the pain. I just want to get them excited about the joy it can bring. Mm, no, very, very good means indeed. And, and tell us, because obviously you've got, you're running two businesses. You say you, you've got your business babies um, going on. What about, so, and please don't take this in the wrong way, but I'm going to use some societal stereotypes to, to egg yeah. the discussion on, if you like. <laughs> Did you ever have a conventional career? Have you ever sort of worked in an office or have you always found sort of success and drive in running your own business? Yeah, well, my my career in that sense or my journey was definitely anything but conventional. Um, I actually like I handed in my thesis and it was on my 24th birthday. Um, and then I thought, honestly, I'm just way too young <laughs> to work for the rest of my life. Like I'm 24. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And I also found that everyone around me, like my friends who are like a few years older and already started working, it seemed like everyone started hating their life after uni. It was like, you know, uni is a big pre-party and then life is just going downhill. And I was like, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I live in a parallel universe. But for me, the idea of studying was just that uni is like the pre-party for the real party. And then you find something you love and you're like, find a job you're passionate about. And then you spend like your whole day doing what you love and getting paid for. Um, and I didn't get the concept of like, well, we just exchange our time for money. We hate it, but then we have the money to to do the things um, and buy all the stuff we like. I'm like, no, like it doesn't have to be that way. But I feel like um, I needed some time to figure out like, what is it that I want and what is it that I wanted to do? So I actually took a bucket list year. So instead of a gap year, um, I wrote a big bucket list of things I've always wanted to see and do and pretty much gave myself like 365 days to tick off as many things as I could. And then I thought that would just help me getting clear on finding out like what brings me joy, what triggers my inner smile um, and what gives my life more meaning, purpose and fulfillment. And I kicked off the journey. Uh, I probably, I wouldn't say wasted time, but I definitely had enough time to try things out that I would not have tried if my time was more limited. Um, and yeah, it just really helps you to to get clear on, on what you want and like what sparks your like your your inner smile and what is maybe sounds cool from outside, but deep down it's just not really getting your engine going. 
Um, and then I was fortunate to just watch one TED talk that literally changed my life, uh, which was about a very holistic 12-step bucket list blueprint. And eventually I moved to Australia, which was on my list for a long time. Um, and I reached out to the guy who gave the TED talk and told him that, you know, that really changed my life. And he really inspired me to do a lot of cool things like touching hands with the Dalai Lama or like hitchhiking Nicaragua, learn a breakdance freeze, like cool stuff. And wanted to thank him for his inspiration and invited him for, for a coffee in Melbourne. And then uh, it actually turned out that um, they had this coaching license, so you could teach what he taught in his TED Talk um, at companies. Um, and I really wanted to do that, but I clearly came on a backpacker budget and I did not have the money to pay for uh, like a few grand for like the coaching training and the certificate and the license. But I didn't give up and just came up with any possible solution I could make up for the license um, without having to pay this huge amount. And then um, turned out they didn't have anyone running their marketing department. And I studied like business and communication. So yeah, I had a major in marketing. So I took over the marketing department. It was a remote job from day one. Um, I did it for like two to three months in exchange of being trained up and getting the license and was working in a, in a nice cafe uh, in Sydney. Um, and yeah, then I did that. I got qualified as a certified bucket list coach actually <laughs> and i kept my remote job um, working in sydney and then flying down to melbourne every few months and eventually ending up in bali which was um not the plan from the beginning but i'm glad things fell into place the way they did and then eventually i figured out that i love the remote part but i kind of miss the corporate culture or just a the sense of belonging to something bigger and not just sitting in front of your laptop all day by yourself. So yeah, I just thought, well, how can I blend the best of two worlds? And that's when I focused on team building for remote companies to help them yeah, work from any place in the world and still feeling like they belong to a positive up uh, them a sense of belonging and yeah, help them to just build up a, a positive co corporate culture across borders. And luckily, you know, now I can live my own best, best bucket list life by helping others to live their bucket list lives. And that's very rewarding. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. But my first question is, because they say, don't meet your idols. What was it actually like? <laughs> did, did the TED speaker, did he live up to everything? Was he nice in person? I guess he was, but yeah. you don't have to work um, with him. Honestly, we met up. Honestly, like uh, he, he and his family really became like my my Australian family. <laughs> so like every three months when I was flying down to Melbourne for the headquarter meeting, I even stayed with the family. Like it's been two years now that I left Australia and I'm still in touch with them. Um, and yeah, he was like, he was just, uh, we were just so aligned in our mission and vision of our life and kind of, you know, this huge wake up call to, Kind of wanting to make sure that people don't waste their lifetime and instead like really live their life up to the fullest potential and not in a selfish way like we wanted to do it for ourselves but we really wanted to make it our mission to use our lifetime to impact as many people as we possibly can and just wanted to make sure that the message is being spread and we can inspire other people to 
feel that same excitement from the inside out and yeah very like a life-changing person i would say like really had a massive impact on the way i live my life and uh, i'm very grateful for that oh how wonderful and a really admirable mission as well it sounds like you're you and him had in common that you're basing your mission and your almost the value your self-value on helping others and kind of spreading that and what I love about having conversations like this I'm a huge advocate of no one size fits all we're Mm -hmm. especially you know speaking from experience of living in England it's very much go to school go to university get a job get married have kids you know very uh that's very um a blanket kind of approach but that is kind of the track that society has for most people and that's almost the expectation pushed upon you so I think that when we talk about conversations like this and your journey it's really important and validating for anyone else out there listening thinking well I don't have a degree or I haven't done that and I'm doing something different am I on the right track and I would say yes if it feels like you're connected to your purpose which is what I'm hearing from you yeah yeah, and you just feel it. I feel like the number one indicator is like when you talk about something and you feel like you're out. From the inside, it's like, well, I'm on the right track. Like it just, um, it's like an, I always describe it as like a, a self-charging Duracell power battery, <laughs> where you feel like the more you do it, the more energy you get out of it instead of, you know, like it's sucking. my secret uh, to actually help you figure out whether this feels right or not. And the same counts for people, like surround yourself with people who ignite that fire inside of you, who leave you with more energy than you came with. Mm. No, I love that. That's very solid advice. Yeah, we are, we, what is that phrase? I think you're, you're made up of the five closest people we have around you or something like that. Don't quote me verbatim, but that's the kind of rough idea. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of that, of having people around me that, as you say, give you more energy than, than they take away. But talking about the fact that you've taken this unconventional route, did you ever kind of face what I would say like haters? Did anyone ever say, oh, you know, Nini, stop messing around with making businesses you need to go and work in an office go and get a job did anyone ever say that and how did you overcome it <laughs> very good question it's like uh, actually the first time someone asked me that publicly on a podcast and not gonna lie like yes hell yes <laughs> um don't wanna <laughs> quote anyone here but mom <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean i get it you know it's a uh, like it's not gonna lie it took me a probably like a a few years to getting better at translating her love language um and we figured out that her core values are security and tradition and mine are freedom and innovation so that was just like two ends of the spectrum and um i mean for her it was more like my lifestyle was very intangible um, in her mind, you know, she's, she, she's working at the bank for like 40 years and she has a very like secure job. Um, and yeah, for her, like the idea of like me getting a master's degree and like finishing on the high end of my educational career, um, to then, you know, start a corporate job and like climb up the corporate ladder and, um, getting an income that kind of, uh, reflects 
um, my my potential in that sense. So for her, it was a bit intangible to think like I'm like first, you know, just working from cafes and then moving to Bali, like going for surf and sipping coconuts. And she was like, yeah nice but when do you get a real job like when do you kind of you know climb up the corporate ladder and like do all that and we invested so much in your education to like really help you you know set up like a secure and stable life and not gonna lie is when you start your own business you're so much facing that roller coaster that nobody really tells you before and you kind of believe so much in your idea and product that you think like oh like I'm not gonna end up in a roller coaster because my product is so great that people are just gonna buy it like hot cake. Um, but then you face like adversity and then it's not always like a smooth ride, but. Achieve a next level in our personal development and we can all use all of these experience to then connect the dots and uh, you know learn from that to get even better. And um, yeah, recently, I think COVID trend, especially, she picked up that remote work is having a real job. <laughs> mm -hmm. You don't have to go in an office uh, to, to have a real job. And also now that now she's seen me like speaking at a bunch of like conferences online and like a lot of people attending, getting the workshops for like bigger clients like uh, Dell and Facebook that are like brands that ring a bell in her brain. So then she's like, oh, you know, now she kind of gets what I'm doing. And she has the, pro she plays iConnect, like she it's now translated into German as well. So she can like play with her friends. So now it definitely, um, you know, it's more tangible for her. Um, but I think that was for me, like uh, the biggest adversity to overcome because even though you want to live your own life to your own terms, uh, I love my parents and I'm like, I want to, make sure they're happy and it kind of doesn't give me a good feeling to think that the way I live my life is not um, what resonates with them or it's like they're, they're not supporting that or like it kind of she doesn't celebrate the way I live my life and it always gives you a bit of a you know it hurts a bit but now I feel like we're still going through the motions but she's definitely acknowledged it she understands what I'm doing now and uh yeah, she, she's proud to see that true to myself and I live a life true to myself. And overall, I think, you know, she just wants me to be happy and she can tell that I really am. So, yeah, mm -hmm. mission complete, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I totally relate to this. I think we have innate in us to want to please our parents. That's just programmed in us yeah. and, and impress them. I'm curious, did, was there ever a point where you thought I'm, I'm going to, relent and I'm gonna go and give this up or did that kind of skepticism did it just spur you on to prove them all wrong how did that kind of shape in your mind I'm so grateful you're asking these questions like no one has asked me that before but <laughs> believe me I had a fair few moments where I'm like I was honestly giving up was actually never an option I have to say so I've intrinsic motivation to know why you're doing that it just keeps you going but I definitely had my 
my moments where I've, I felt like I'm just walking on eggshells, like I'm very thin glass and like uh, this financial anxiety in terms of not knowing how much money um, is coming in, you know, like some months that I get like a lot of workshops, especially that I'm like, whoa, I can live like a queen and um, all of that. And then other months, especially now, like there was a bit of a summer hole when a lot of like teams didn't need any team building workshops because everyone was on a holiday. And then you just hear crickets and you're just like, whoa, like, and then you can't add help, but like kind of think nobody likes your product. A current trend in the market and it's not you or your product. Um, but yeah, like definitely at my moments where I was like looking up, like looking into job uh, applications, mostly remote, but that I just was craving the security and I was just questioning like how much um, how much value do I credit to freedom instead of just having the security and just knowing what's coming in every month. But mm. anyway, so far I haven't given up yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I have these moments, frankly, like uh, quite often to think like, ah, oh, it would be nice to have some security. <laughs> mm -hmm. And no, I love, and you have such a progressive attitude as well, because you said something really key there that I haven't given up yet. And I love that because you're not, you're speaking in the present. You're not speaking about the past. You're not saying I didn't give up. You, you see yourself as already or still on your journey of like growing and developing. And I love that. Whereas a lot of other people might be like, no, I didn't give up and I'm here, but acknowledging that you're still on, because everyone's still on their journey. I think that you're on your journey until the day that you're put in the ground um, and that there's always yeah. more growth or more uh, things to learn and until the day that you literally, your brain stops functioning. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I see it. It's like the journey is never complete. Like you always kind of want to, you know, reach the next step of the ladder and, I describe it a bit like a, you know, like a tough mother. I don't know how you call it, but when you're like hangling from one letter to the next, I'm like, that's just how I see my life. <laughs> and mostly, I don't know what the type of step 10 is going to be. I just like figure out as I go. And I think that was one of the life lessons as well that I had to learn. It's like, it's okay not to know step 10, like just focus on the next step and then mm -hmm. um, figure it out as you go. And when, when it's, feels right when you know that you know like this is your path it's almost like you have this intrinsic motivation that just keeps you going and people are going to be drawn to you when when you do what you love and then yeah you never know who you're going to meet like what which conversation might have like you know like a life-changing effect and can happen every day but I think a powerful why is like really is the, the, the magic that just gets you and keeps you going. I love that. That's amazing. And um, so your personality throughout this chat, and obviously we know each other uh, offline outside of this, we've worked together. You really strike me as a, a carefree, kind of really fun, outgoing, enthusiastic kind of person. So I'm really intrigued. Do Because obviously to, to launch a business, that takes a lot of graft, a lot of grit and almost some perfectionism. Do you consider yourself a perfectionist, Nini, or, or are you just um, happy trucking along? <laughs> um, good question. Um, the funny thing is like sometimes I wonder whether I'm like, whether I might be a perfectionist and just think like that I'm 
on perfectionism because you actually strive for that. But deep down, I think I do believe that I like catch myself saying and so many times thinking like, oh, Nini, you should actually care a bit more. Like, have you considered like the worst case? And like, mostly I'm just really like so carefree that I'm almost like being hard on myself when I'm like, stop having so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, sometimes like the issue to get it <laughs> down that's like my my create that sparks my creativity and just helps me to connect with the right people uh, being true to myself but yeah I think probably I'm more carefree than a perfectionist so um it does really help me to collaborate and co-work with um people co-create because then I sometimes get a reality back check and I'm like oh thanks I haven't considered that <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I, I love that. I, do you know what? I think you're the first, one of the first guests, or at least people I've spoken to that have kind of said the opposite. A lot of people have said that they, you know, they are perfectionists. And I think that as an individual, we need a balance of both, right? And what you're saying about sort of reining yeah. yourself in, that's that's very smart of having that sort of internal meter of balancing it. Yeah. And obviously yeah. with what you talk about building teams, it takes a type of every person to build a team, a type of every personality, because if um, everyone in the team was a sort of, you know, strategical perfectionist, the job would never get done or it would be done in too minutiae of a detail. Whereas it, it takes someone like yourself as a personality as part of the team to inject some fun. And, you know, and what, building a yeah. game obviously takes fun. It takes creativity. So and I think it's just about having awareness and about striking a balance um, and, you know, in the right moments. That's, yeah, that's true. I think, especially when you're in the gaming industry, which still sounds a bit weird to me, because <laughs> I consider myself more of like a human connected and a game creator or a gamer. Um, but yeah, it like requires uh, like a positive outlook, creativity, uh, like enthusiasm for people and human connections. And yeah, I think the more fun you have, I'm funnily actually reading the book at the moment, it's called The Power of Fun how to feel alive again and it's a lot about you know getting off your phone and seeing fun like conscious fun time as the intersection of its playfulness connection and flow and really like schedule conscious fun time as like an investment in your own productivity in your own like well-being that then actually helps you to be more pre more creative more productive and more switched on at work because you kind of have like an outlet that helps you to get that steam off. It's almost like a balloon blowing up in your brain when you're so busy working. And like conscious fun time is like, whoo, like deflating that balloon in your brain to help you like get more done because you're now having like more clarity to think. And yeah, funnily, I'm going to a roller skater disco tonight. After this call, I have like 20 friends and we're going to a roller skater disco. So that's oh how my much God. fun I have. <laughs> that sounds like a riot I love that um yeah and totally agree tunes into the the discussion of balance um you know a productive person isn't on 24 7 that's that's not what happens uh it you know it has to be a balance there has to be conscientious time to take off offline and to like you say an outlet yeah. of decompressing and processing and time for our brains to kind of process the work but also 
do something fun at the same time to help us um, with our with our mental health, I would say. So that book sounds wonderful. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Just to finish us off, Nini, this has been such an inspirational chat and um, so nice to get to know your personality and your, your journey as well. I've definitely learned so much about you, even though we know each other outside of sort of podcasting as well. If someone is listening to this and thinking, I'm also carefree like Nini, or I'm also in similar positions, what would kind of be your closing advice to others of anyone that's relating to anything we've talked about today? Ooh, there's so much I want to share, but basically like, uh, you know, life is what happens when you look up from your phone and make sure you live a life true to yourself. And you know, the number one regret that people have at their deathbed, which is actually based on a, on a research, is um, I wish I had, uh, would have lived a life true to myself and not one that others expected of me. So yeah, always remember you just have one shot. We all don't know when our due date is to, so make sure you live a life true to yourself, live it up to the fullest. And if you need any help with that, <laughs> hit me up um, and just, yeah, go out, connect, be genuinely interested in the people around you. Because after all, like solid, stable human relationships in our life is just the number one factor for a fulfilled life and a truly happy life. So, yeah. I love that. That's, That's my beautifully, <laughs> beautifully holistic and what a wonderful end. And um, as well, if anyone has been listening, where can they get their hands on the iConnect Stronger Than Wi-Fi game to try it out for themselves? Like, of course, I've created a little discount code for everyone's listening uh, to this episode. So just click on iConnect game, like I, like the actual I you see with, iConnectGame.com, and then you can use the discount code PAP10, like P-A-P-10. Um, and the same counts for the team building session. So on the work happiness project.com, uh, you can use the same discount code and a, a team building workshop for your team. Um, same uh, discount, discount code, PAP, P-A-P-10. Offline. <laughs> and uh, let's make this world a more meaningfully connected place. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Nini. That's so generous. And um, we'd love to hear from anyone that, that tries it out as well. If you purchase that, let us know your feedback. Connect with Nini. I'm sure she'd be happy to hear how you found the, the game and uh, trying that out and the team building as well. Nini, thanks so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure and I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it. Thank you, Thank so, you much so much for joining for everyone. Please do remember to connect and follow Alistair and today's speakers. See you so, next time. You.